Hey, I'm Steph, and this is Not Today. Hi, how are you? We can just pretend that I can hear you. Hey, I'm really excited to talk about the story that I've got for you today because it is unlike anything I've ever talked about. And personally, I am a big fan of reality television. I know it's kind of trash TV to some people, but to me, it's a guilty pleasure. But this isn't just about a regular reality television show. This is about quite possibly one of the most messed up reality television shows that were ever made. And I find the concept of unethical reality television extremely interesting because there are so many people involved in the making of a reality television show. And the fact that someone was able to be put through what we're about to talk about is unbelievable. Because not only was it that the showmakers slash producers were really terrible, but also 17 million people tuned in to this TV show every single week for over a year. They would tune in to watch a man essentially be tortured, and it was seen as comedic. And that had a lot to do with how the show was produced. It was supposed to be seen as comedic. And we will get more into that as we peel back the layers of this messed up onion. But I feel like we should just get started because we have a lot to talk about. So let's jump in. In the late 90s, the producers of the show Susanoo Denpashonen, a popular Japanese game show, held a raffle to find the next contestant for their new TV show. So in January of 1988, about a dozen male comedians in their early 20s filed into a small casting office in Tokyo, knowing nothing about the show they would be auditioning for. But they were excited to have a new opportunity. Among them was 22-year-old Tomokai Hamatsu, who we'll be referring to as Nasubi. Nasubi means eggplant in Japanese, and Tomokai got his nickname for his long face. Nasubi had moved to Tokyo to pursue comedy after high school. He was taller than the other men in the room and had kind of a goofy energy. But what he would soon discover was the audition he'd be taking part in had nothing to do with his skills or looks and had everything to do with luck. A producer named Toshio Tutsia came into the room and told the group that they would be auditioning for a show business related job and all they would need to get it was a bit of luck. The room was buzzing with excitement and anticipation and some confusion. As this producer explained that this was an audition of luck, a cart was wheeled into the room. On it was a box with a big red question mark. Each man was instructed to go up to the box one by one and pull out an envelope, and then stand in a circle and open them together. Each of the envelopes were empty, except for Nasubi's, which contained a white slip of paper with a red circle on it. At first, he was confused when he opened it, but as he looked around the room and saw that no one else had received this little slip, it sunk in, and he victoriously threw his hands in the air and shouted, I'm the winner! At that point, Nasubi had no idea what he had won, and as a producer approached him, he expected he would tell Nasubi what he had won, but he didn't. Instead, Nasubi was taken from the group and was told it was time to get started. Immediately. He didn't know where he was being taken, but he was excited. As an aspiring comedian, surely whatever he had won would be a great thing for his career. 
As he was shuffled toward a car, he turned to the producer and told him it felt like an entire life's worth of luck had just been spent. It was an innocent, passing comment. He was saying that to show how excited he was for whatever opportunity he was being given. But what he didn't realize was the irony of that statement, because he would soon realize that his luck had run out, and what he would be doing wasn't an incredible opportunity for his career, but more of a never-ending nightmare. Nasubi was blindfolded, shoved into a car, and brought directly from the casting office to a small studio apartment. Inside the room, he was only provided the most basic utilities like running water, heat, and electricity. The room was very small. He had a sink, one gas burner, an air conditioner, a toilet, and a shower. In the middle of the room, there was a coffee table with multiple stacks of blank postcards on it, a few pens, some notebooks, one cushion on the floor, and a telephone. And on the wall was one big shelf full of magazines. There were so many magazines in this room. He didn't have a bed or chairs. Just the cushion, the coffee table, and so many magazines. As he looked around a bit confused, the first thing that he was told was to get naked. And that was a problem for Nasubi at first. He didn't realize that he would have to be naked for any part of whatever he was about to do. When he had told his father that he would be pursuing comedy, his father wasn't necessarily thrilled about it, but told his son that the only thing he shouldn't do is strip in public. And now here he was doing exactly that. He had a lot of guilt that he was breaking the promise to his father, but at the same time, he wanted this big break, so he did as he was told. He stripped off his clothes and put them on the coffee table for the producers to take with them. After stripping completely naked, he held the one cushion in the room he had to cover himself. And actually, side note, his nickname Nasubi was very fitting because the producers used an eggplant cartoon to censor his parts during filming at all times. So he didn't know it, but millions of people would see him naked with an eggplant over his junk. And it was at that point that he finally learned the point of the show he was about to be a part of. He was told that he was supposed to go through the magazines he was provided and enter as many magazine sweepstakes as he could, and survive only off of what he won. Any food he was going to eat or clothes he would wear was going to need to come from his winnings. Once he won the value of 1 million yen, or about $9,000 in prizes, he would be free to leave the room, but no sooner than that. They told him they weren't even entirely sure this show would air, but if it did, he would be the star of it. So there he was, alone in this tiny studio apartment with no food, no clothes, and nothing else. It's such an unbelievable setup, and strange that he would just immediately agree to do this. But to him, he thought this was going to be a really good opportunity for his career. So although he felt a bit strange, he was also kind of blindsided and felt like he couldn't really say no. Also, he didn't necessarily want to say no at this stage because he didn't know how bad it would truly get. So with nothing else to do, he got to work on the only thing that would get him out, sending postcards to sweepstakes. The first sweepstakes he entered was for an apron, that way he could cover himself up a little bit. 
As far as the producers told him, they would be taking a few clips from his time in there and would maybe put it on the air, but again, no promises. So anytime he would win something, he would update the camera and tell them what he had won while doing a silly dance and making silly noises and funny faces. But he had no idea that he was actually on air every Sunday for millions of viewers. This show was extremely popular, averaging 17 million viewers every Sunday night. That is a massive amount of viewers, even by today's standards. To put it into perspective, Game of Thrones episodes would get around 12 million viewers, and its finale got around 19 million. But Nasubi would get 17 million viewers every Sunday. So it's safe to say that he was making these producers a lot of money, and he had no idea. And when I was thinking about this experiment, there are so many terrible aspects of it, but I did wonder what happens to the mind when you are completely isolated. And as you may have guessed, it's really bad for a person to be completely cut off from the outside world, which he was. Chronically lonely people have higher blood pressure, are more vulnerable to infection, and are also more likely to develop Alzheimer's disease and dementia. And loss of social capabilities. Loneliness also interferes with a whole range of everyday functioning, such as sleep patterns, attention, and logical and verbal reasoning. They also suffer adverse emotional consequences, such as depression, stress, and anxiety, and feel sick more often and generally have shorter lifespans. And that's not even everything. So the consequences of isolating a person for an extended period of time can be pretty severe. However, the idea for this show wasn't completely random. Back then, there was kind of a sweepstakes mania happening in Japan. Magazines were full of them. The country was in the middle of a recession, and people would often joke that you could survive on sweepstakes winnings alone. That's how common they were. The show was supposed to be a fun play on that idea. Let's see if someone actually can survive on sweepstakes winnings alone. So when Nasubi was locked in that room, the show became an instant hit. He had been writing an estimated 1,400 postcards a week to try to win something. And for those first two weeks, he was given one small piece of bread a day to sustain him, but once he won his first prize, that bread stopped. And that meant that anything he ate from that point on would come 100% from his winnings. He tried to entertain himself, mostly writing in a journal he was provided or trying to learn how to do a headstand, all while waiting for someone, anyone, to contact him and let him know he had won something. And finally, after those two weeks, he heard the first knock on the door. Nasubi answered it, again clutching the pillow to his groin, as a delivery man informed him that he had won 12 pots of fiber jelly. Now, I didn't know what fiber jelly was, but I looked it up and I learned that it is a Japanese health food made from the ancient root vegetable konjac. It has a distinct rubbery and jello-like texture and is nearly flavorless before it's seasoned. And of course, he didn't have seasonings. And it's also used for weight loss, which is exactly what it sounds like. It doesn't sound like you're going to be eating fiber jelly for fun, necessarily. It was also the last thing he needed. Weight loss food? He was about to be starving, but that's what he got. Although he had basically just won a bunch of weight loss food, he was ecstatic. And of course he was. It was his first bit of real sustenance since he was put in there. The package of the fiber jelly was worth 1,560 yen, knocking just a minuscule chunk off of the 1 million yen he still needed to get. But at least it was something. 
By that point, Nasubi had stopped entering sweepstakes for clothing items and was almost exclusively trying to win food because that was his biggest concern. The next time he heard a knock on the door a few days later, his heart jumped out of his chest. He was so excited to see what he had won. But when he answered the door, once again crotch pillow in hand, he was just reprimanded by someone saying that he needed to put his nameplate outside his studio apartment. So he apologized and closed the door. He then returned to sitting at his table and writing more postcards. When he heard another knock at the door, he thought surely he must have won something this time. But when he answered the door, he was met by a delivery man who told him he was there with takeout ramen and stir-fried vegetables. Now, Nasubi hasn't really had an actual meal in over two weeks at this point, and he is smelling this ramen and knows that this hot meal would be everything to him at this moment. And he got extremely excited. But when the delivery person asked him for 1,700 yen for the meal, Nasubi told him that he had no money. It turned out the delivery driver had just gone to the wrong door and then left with the ramen because Nasubi had no money to pay for it. So once again, he had to return to the table with nothing, but this time with the smell of delicious ramen lingering in the air. So that's just cruel and unusual. And just, I guess, a bit of bad luck, but oh my god. The next win was huge for him. He got a knock on the door on February 22nd, and he received a package with a 5-kilogram bag of white rice. He was over the moon, because he would finally have a solid source of food. When the rice arrived, Nasubi excitedly threw his hands up in victory when he got the bag of rice and he danced around the room with it. And by this point, as the viewer, you can see just how skinny he's starting to look. Initially, when he would get prizes in the mail, he would make a really big show of it, making the silly faces and dancing around because he wanted to put on a good show. But as time went on, he still got excited as he won things, but this excitement was purely from a survival standpoint and less about putting on a display for the camera. But this poor guy just couldn't catch a break because after his initial excitement of getting the rice, he realized that he had no way of cooking it. He wasn't provided with any pots or pans. If he wanted that, he would have to win them in the sweepstakes. So he had this massive bag of white rice and no way to cook it. But Nasubi was getting desperate, and he tried a bunch of different things to get the rice to be edible. At first, he just tried eating it raw, but he figured out very quickly that doing that wouldn't work. So his next idea was to put some rice inside one of the fiber jelly containers, fill it with warm water, and wait to see if the rice would soften overnight. But that didn't work either. So he decided to take the jelly container full of rice and put it by his stovetop that he had in his very small kitchen and leave it next to the heat for three hours. And after doing that, he was extremely happy to find out that he had made some kind of porridge-like mush that was edible at the very least. He didn't have any utensils or chopsticks, so he had to use the backside of two pens as chopsticks, but he was very pleased with himself. It's like everything he experienced in that room was just one sick joke. But that's what the producers wanted. They wanted to see him struggle. They wanted to see him starve and get excited over a bit of white rice that cooked in a really weird way over three hours in a jelly container because that was entertaining to the viewers. 
By the end of his first month in there, he still needed to win 985,140 yen, so he had barely even made a dent. So he knew he needed to kick it into high gear. He sat at the table, still completely naked, and only focused on writing postcards. He figured it wouldn't be very entertaining to watch as an outsider, him just sitting for nine hours a day writing postcards, but at that point, he didn't really care. And he wasn't aware of any of the broadcasting side of things anyway. It still hadn't even been confirmed that the show was on TV at all. So for all he knows, he's just trapped in there, writing postcards until he gets to a million yen, and this isn't going to amount to anything. But as we know, he was on TV. Every Sunday night, Nisubi was broadcast to all of Japan on the show Susunu Denpashonen, which was a survival reality TV show where other young men were also shown doing various other survival challenges. Nisubi's segment was called Sweepstakes Life, and it was about a 5-10 to 10 minute part of the whole show. Isn't that insane? He is living in this hell all day, every day, trying to survive off of little bits of rice and fiber jelly at this point, and he is only on a 5-10 to 10 minute segment of the entire show. And Nasubi's segment of the show wasn't the only part that could have been considered torturous. One of the other men who had been in the casting office with Nasubi was chosen for another segment called Denpa Shonen's Desert Island Escape. He and another contestant were dropped on a deserted island with no food or water and was told to find a way back to Tokyo. And to do that, they would have to cross miles of open water on just a pedal boat. Another portion of Den Pashonen featured two contestants who had to hitchhike from South Africa to Norway with no money. They endured grueling heat, near starvation, and a language barrier on their quest to make it back. And as all of Japan got updates on how each of these men were doing, they loved it. But specifically, they loved Nasubi's segment. Slowly but surely, Nasubi began winning more prizes. By the end of his first month, he had submitted somewhere around 6,000 sweepstakes entries, and it took him two months to win his first article of clothing. So somewhere around 11 to 12,000 sweepstakes he submitted to win one article of clothing, and all that got him was a used pair of women's underwear that were too small for him. He tried to put them on, but they were too small, so they were completely useless to him. Throughout his time in the room, Nasubi won hundreds of prizes, but after that little pair of underwear, he never won any other clothing items, which I definitely find strange. I wonder if the producers didn't want Nasubi to have any clothes because having him naked was more funny to viewers. No one has ever said that they withheld certain winnings from him, but I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case because he remained naked the entire time. Around that time, Nasubi also won a bicycle, which, again, was pretty useless to him in his micro-studio apartment. He got some use out of it when he turned it into a stationary bicycle and pedaled on it for some kind of entertainment as he ate his watery rice. But not long after setting that up, he put it away because... He had no use for it. And burning more calories when you have a very, very limited supply of food isn't the best option. He had been able to upgrade his cooking when he won a can of sake. He used the can and a pin to create a pretty efficient cooking apparatus. So now he could cook a lot faster and even cook some pasta that he had won. 
As February and March went by, he had still only won 67,000 yen in prizes. And at that rate, it was going to take him somewhere around 40 months to finish his challenge. But the show's ratings were so high that I'm sure the producers would not have cared at all and actually probably would have preferred that. It was also around that two-month mark that Nasubi had won a stuffed seal. And since he was so cut off from the world, and the only human contact he got was from the brief deliveries he was getting, he named his stuffed seal Binasu and would talk to him and take him for walks in circles around the room. And again, the audience loved this. They didn't see this as a sad, starving man who was completely cut off from the world and needed some kind of entertainment, so he resorted to talking to a stuffed animal for hours at a time. They just saw it as a funny thing that silly Nasubi was doing. Thankfully, though, over the next few months, things did start picking up for him. The over 10,000 sweepstakes he had entered finally started paying off for him. But most of the prizes he won were completely useless to him. He won things like Spice Girls tickets, a video game and a controller, but he didn't have a console or a TV at that point. He won a poster from a famous actress. Plenty of things that he couldn't use or eat. But, you know, after submitting tens of thousands of sweepstakes, you're going to get some useless crap. But although most of the things he accumulated weren't things he could use or eat, they were still chipping away at his million yen finish line. So in a way, they were useful. And every time the phone would ring, or he would get a knock at the door, Nasubi would lose his mind. It was as if he had won the lottery every time he won something, no matter how small. And the audience loved him for it. By the three-month mark, Nasubi won a television, which was extremely exciting for him because he thought he would get a glimpse into the outside world or have any kind of entertainment, but when he plugged it in, all he got was static. So, again, a very useless item. He has a TV, but no cable. He won a vacuum cleaner, so he got to cleaning the room, but probably one of the most shocking wins around this time was he got a toothbrush and toothpaste, which he was extremely excited about because it would be the first time he brushed his teeth in three months. Let that sink in. They didn't leave him anything in this room to care for himself. Everything he had was from his winnings. And like, you can hear that as a concept and like, think you understand it. But when it comes to things like toothbrush and toothpaste or like toilet paper, you wouldn't necessarily think those would be things he would be deprived of because that seems like a pretty basic human right to like be able to keep yourself clean, but he didn't have those things. So after three months of being trapped in this room, he finally got to brush his teeth for the first time. And it was also around that time that Nasubi's five kilogram bag of rice had finally run out. And this was a major concern for him because although he had won little bits of food here and there, his rice was by far the thing that was sustaining him. And he hadn't won any substantial food since February. At least not human food. He had won dog food, and since he had nothing else, he resorted to eating that. So every Sunday, audiences would tune in to watch Nasubi eat dog food while praying to God for a blessing. It was around that time that producers had a doctor come in the room to check in on him and basically make sure he wasn't about to die. And after a few tests, they gave him a clean bill of health, which is shocking considering he's only eaten dog food for weeks at that point. 
Who knows if it was actually a legitimate test, but even if it was, his health went way farther than just what his blood work would say. He had been deprived of any sunlight, socialization, entertainment, and just basic human needs for over three months. But the producers wanted to make it seem like he was completely fine, to put the audience at ease. And they also did this with other contestants on the other segments. One of the two men hitchhiking to Norway collapsed and almost died from dehydration in the Sahara Desert. The producers said it was because he was using his very small water supply to water plants, but it was pretty evident that that wasn't the case. On another segment, a contestant was pressured to go into a gay club and get condoms and offer them to patrons. The segment ended with him being beaten, and it faded to black as you heard his screams, which is insanely dark. I said this at the beginning, but it seemed like so many people went into making these shows, and it's just shocking to know that nobody put a stop to this kind of mistreatment of a human. It's also shocking to me that these audiences were able to watch these things and not only stomach it, but find it entertaining and funny. It seemed like the further it went and the worse Nasubi was doing, the more they loved him. Because despite the torturous living conditions he was enduring, he was in what seemed like high spirits. And eventually, diehard fans of the show even figured out where Nasubi's apartment was. Not to do anything like bring him a gift or something to eat, but they hoped they could observe him through the window and maybe hear when he got excited when he won something. There were paparazzi outside, it became kind of a frenzy. It's possible that the audience just didn't know how bad it actually was for Nasubi, because although they were seeing him deteriorate every Sunday for months, the producers made the show very lighthearted. It was clear that it was supposed to be a comedic show. They would put ridiculous sound effects when he would do something or make the prizes seem a lot bigger than they actually were, and they would put brightly colored wording on the screen just above his head. This happened when he would win a prize and also when it was clear that he was going through a rough time. They really tried to make light of the whole situation, and they did that successfully. And like I mentioned earlier, they sent that doctor in who said Nasubi was in perfect health a man who had only been eating little bits of rice, and after that, dog food. Finally, after only surviving on mainly dog food for almost three months, he won another bag of rice, and this time it was 10 kilograms, which was great. It had been around six months at that point, and he was finally about halfway to his goal of 1 million yen. By that point, he had submitted somewhere around 38,000 entries. But it was also around that time that Nasubi got a visitor by producers in the middle of the night. He was woken up to a flashlight being shown in his face and men standing over him. And extremely confused, he asked if it was over, if he had won. And they told him no. After telling him he was not done with his challenge, they blindfolded him and put headphones playing loud music over his ears and put him into a car. He was extremely excited as he felt the car move because he had no idea what was happening, and since he was driving in a car for such a long time, like multiple hours, he hoped that that meant something good for him. But when the blindfold was taken off of his eyes, he saw that he was in another small room with a table and magazines and all of his winnings. It looked exactly like the last place he was just in. Almost nothing was different. He was shocked. He asked them if they just moved him, and they told him yes. They said it was to quote-unquote change his luck. 
They didn't want him to know it was because crowds of people had begun gathering outside of his apartment for him. And when they told him it was for his luck, he laughed at them. He said, so this is for my benefit? Almost like, give me a break. He had no idea how many people had been watching him at that point. And he had become kind of delirious. He started saying things that didn't make sense. He hadn't talked to people in such a long time, and he said his mind had become clouded with anxiety. It had been six months of isolation. One of the sources I used said that Nasubi realized that his new apartment was missing the brand new bag of rice that he had won, and he erupted in anger. He demanded to know how they could have forgotten his rice, and he screamed at them. They did end up getting him his rice back, but that was the first glimpse into what was really going on in Nasubi's mind. And after that, he resumed to his normally scheduled program. He would write postcards and wait for winnings. His first win in this new space was a huge desk and chair, which definitely helped chip away at the million yen. And during the clip where he was with his new desk and chair, he showed his fingernails, which were uncomfortably long. He hadn't been able to trim them the entire time he was in there. And as time went on, he looked less and less sane. He grew a really long beard, his hair got very long, and his nails looked insane. He had nothing in the room with him to really groom himself, so there was nothing for him to do. At the end of his first month in the new apartment, he had won over 550,000 yen worth of prizes. But in August, he hardly won anything, and September was even worse. And it was around this time that producers decided that the one Sunday show wasn't enough. Toshio Tsushia had an idea to take the show to the next level. He wanted to live stream Nasubi 24-7. Give their viewers unfiltered access to Nasubi's life. Nasubi had no idea that anything like that would be going on. He was under the impression that only a few clips of him would be used throughout his entire time in there, but now he was on air every second of every day. And it was the late 90s, so there really hadn't been anything like this before, and because Nasubi was fully nude all the time, they had a team of people who would watch the live stream and digitally follow him around with a joystick to cover his groin during the stream. Although this was a very new idea, they knew that putting up a live stream of him would bring in a lot of viewers and a lot more money. And they were right. This live stream was set up at the time that Nusubi was in a very dry spell for prizes. At one point, he ran out of any food he had. And that's when the producers decided to move him once again to a new, but almost identical apartment to bring him good fortune. And... It did kind of work, because after that, he did win more prizes. He got a VHS player, a tent, more food like potato chips and things like that. And after 10 months, he got toilet paper for the first time. He hadn't touched toilet paper in 10 months. I cannot believe that. He also won a PlayStation, which was very exciting considering he had already won a TV and a game and a controller months earlier, so he ended up playing the PlayStation for four straight days after he got it, because he finally had something to do. There was some fun to be had. But after those four days, he decided he was wasting precious time he could be using to send out postcards to win more food and ultimately get himself out of there, so he put the PlayStation away. And that was a good move, because not long after that, he won a few more big-ticket items. But the most important was another bag of rice. 
And this wasn't like the other bags because that bag of rice put him just over the 1 million yen goal. He had no idea that he had won because the producers were tracking his earnings, not him. But it had been 335 days of nonstop filling out postcards and he had finally made 1 million yen thanks to this bag of rice. So that night, once again, he was woken up to a flashlight shining in his face and party poppers being set off, which was scary and confusing considering he was woken out of a dead sleep to the loud popping of party poppers. And he was also very isolated for a very long time. So, you know, just very jarring overall. Once he woke up, he asked, have I finally made 1 million yen yet? And he realized he had because they kept setting off the party poppers and he saw the clothes he had been wearing to the casting office 11 months prior were on the table. It was the first time in 11 months and one day that he would be putting on clothes. And when he did, he complained that they were very uncomfortable and itchy. His body just wasn't used to being clothed anymore, but he was extremely happy to be done with the contest. But that, unfortunately, isn't where the story ends. The producers took Nasubi to Korea. They took him to an amusement park, let him have a full day of fun. They let him eat good food, which, of course, they streamed kind of as a victory lap. He ate ramen and Korean barbecue. He was having a fantastic time eating all the foods he had been deprived of for almost a year. But then things got fucked up because they once again blindfolded him and took him somewhere. And when they took the blindfold off, he saw that he was in an almost identical setup to where he had been for the past 11 months. Nasubi was, of course, confused as to why he was sitting in a room with a table, postcards, and magazines. And that's when he was told by the producer to strip once again. The look of defeat in this man's eyes when he was told that is insane. It's strange because they weren't technically holding him against his will, but it was also clear that he did not have a choice in the matter. Before being chosen for the TV show, Nasubi didn't have much at all. He wanted to get into comedy, but he hadn't really broke into his career yet, and he didn't have much money. And he definitely didn't have anything with him when they took him to Korea. And the producers knew that, and they took full advantage of that fact. After they took off his blindfold in the room, the producer with him said, quote, can people live in Korea only by winning prizes? Basically telling him he's not done. According to Nasubi, it felt like someone took all of his energy away. He felt like he couldn't breathe. He felt frozen in place. He just hung his head in defeat because he did not want to be there anymore, but they made it so he couldn't leave. The producers were making a lot of money off of Nasubi's program, and they were not ready to let that cash cow die. They told him he had to stay in the room and submit sweepstakes until he made enough to get a plane ticket back to Japan. That was definitely way less than 1 million yen, but Nasubi didn't speak Korean, so they provided him with a Japanese to Korean dictionary. He would have to submit sweepstakes in Korean, which would take him longer than before. Nasubi said, quote, In the beginning, the people working on the television show really kind of created all the loneliness for me. I really felt cornered. And then I felt that's really scary how humans can do that to other people. The only thing I could do is to write and mail in to win the sweepstakes. There is no happiness of my life. There is no freedom. But that was not edited into the program. That was not shown. 
Maybe three or five minutes a week of my life were shown, and that was edited to highlight my happiness when I won. Of course, viewers would say, oh, see, he's doing something fun and something that he's enjoying, but the majority of my life was suffering. So his new goal was to win enough prizes that he could earn himself a plane ticket home and also keep himself alive once again. He was stripped naked and forced to endure the same torture he already had for the last 11 months. There was a moment where Nasubi told them he wasn't going to do it, but they basically told him that they weren't going to take no for an answer. They went back and forth about it for a while, but he was so defeated, they managed to wear him down until he ultimately agreed to do it. Again, he was naked and had no money in Korea, so where was he going to go? Also, he was so exhausted and he knew they weren't going to stop trying to convince him until he agreed, so he just gave up. He felt like he had no other choice. In the show, they cut that down a lot. They basically just showed the initial shock on his face and added a silly sound effect, and then they cut away. They basically told him he was trapped, and the show continued. And the audience thought this was hysterical. But this time around, Nasubi went beast mode on them, and he won prizes very quickly and was actually able to complete the challenge in only two months. But that was too quick for producers. So without telling him that he had completed the challenge, they changed his goal from getting a one-way economy ticket from Korea to Japan to getting a business class ticket. He needed to earn an additional 9,500 yen, which he did very easily when he won some really expensive tea leaves. And again, the producers didn't like that. So they upped the requirements once again and said that he needed to make enough for a first class ticket back, which would be an additional 20,000 yen. They are just writing the rules as they go. This is, I mean, he, they're keeping this man trapped in a room and they say he's there on his own free will, but like, it's very clear that that wasn't really the case because coercion and manipulation are very real tactics, and it's clear that they were using that, allegedly, or in my opinion, I don't want to get sued, you know? But even though they had upped his goal once again, Nasubi was able to accumulate that pretty quickly. In that time, he won a live octopus, a very big picture frame, and other big ticket items that allowed him to win his first class ticket back to Japan. So, once again, Without telling him anything, they dressed Nasubi and put a blindfold and noise-canceling headphones on him to lead him somewhere. And when they led him into another room and took off his blindfold, without even having to be asked, he removed his clothes and he sat in the small room waiting for the producers to tell him he wasn't actually done. He sat there, naked, looking completely defeated. But after a few seconds, the walls of the room fell away and to his shock and horror, Nasubi was naked in front of a live studio audience on a stage. Everyone cheered for him as confetti cannons shot off. He was stunned and screamed as he grabbed the pillow to cover himself. Nasubi had a beard and long hair, long nails, and was completely naked in front of a screaming audience. He looked like a man who had been cut off from the world because that's exactly what he was. There were millions of people watching him on live television and thousands in person. And remember, Nasubi had never even had it actually confirmed that he was ever on TV to begin with. So he spent the last 15 months locked in a room, basically performing for nobody, at least 
That's what he really thought. And now he's in front of a live studio audience of, at the very least, hundreds of cheering people and millions of people watching live. So two hosts cautiously approach him and tell him congratulations as they talk to him like a baby. He said, quote, my house fell down and there's all these people here. And the crowd erupted in laughter and clapping. It's finally over, the host told him. You did it. But Nasubi looked extremely confused. He was blown away when he found out that a secret camera in his apartment had not only captured the show that had been broadcasted to millions of people, but he had been a part of a 24-7 live stream for months. And his face was on magazines. He thought to himself, what has my country come to? That they enjoy watching this. But at the same time, he was relieved that it wasn't for nothing. After the show, producers did ask him why he never tried to escape, and Nasubi said that first of all, he was naked, so if he tried to leave, he would have had to flag down someone for help while naked. But even more than that, he said he would do it, and he sticks to his word. He also said the Japanese spirit is that even when things get hard, you stick to what you're doing. Whether it's easy or hard, the culture is that you endure and you follow through. So I know I've said it a couple times now, but I just want to really reiterate that he did not feel like he had a choice. So My Life in Prizes was finally complete. And not too long after that, the show Susanu Den Pashonen was canceled altogether. Nasubi was finally free, but the toll the show took on his life was pretty immense. He reported being uncomfortable in clothes for about six months after everything, and his social skills deteriorated considerably. He was a lot more shy, and his dream of becoming a comedian kind of fell to the wayside because he was socially stunted after being cut off from people for so long. He had a lot of trouble holding conversations for a good while after everything. The entire ordeal lasted about 15 months, and the television show broke numerous viewing records during its run. Nasubi did sell his diary that he kept while he was in the room, Nasubi Life of Prizes Journal. It became a bestseller, so that was great. But other than that, he hadn't gotten that big break that he was really searching for. He did manage to get a few roles after the show, but he was offered roles that were mostly for the goofy character, or they wanted him to be naked. He was kind of a D-list celebrity, and he didn't really make a ton of money because of it. Even though Life of Prizes was the most successful livestream in Japan's history. Nasubi has since turned his life around and has even said he's grateful for the experience because he's able to see life in a different way now. It's been so long since he went through that, so he's been able to mentally, emotionally, and socially heal. And he's able to let little things roll off his back pretty easily. Because being in that room was really bad, so he's able to compare things to that and realize that things aren't so bad for him right now. Toshio Tsushia, the main producer, did contact Nisubi a good, like, 10 years after filming, and he did finally apologize for what he put him through. But later on, he went on record to say that he wasn't sorry for anything that happened and doesn't regret any of it. His one goal was to make miracles on film. He wanted to show people real things, and with Nisubi, he accomplished that goal. Nisubi said they're on okay terms now, and he'd even consider working with him again in the future, which is shocking information to me. I'd be very interested to know what Nasubi would want to work with this, in my opinion, bad man on. But hey, you know, he seems healed, so I love that for him. 
In 2016, Nasubi successfully scaled Mount Everest after three aborted attempts in 2013, 2014, and 2015. So if nothing else, this man is determined. But that's super impressive, so I love that. And in April of 2020, he tried persuading people to cooperate with the self-disciplined stay-at-home order during the wake of the initial COVID-19 outbreaks by citing his own personal experience with self-isolation. So I guess he was using this terrible thing for some kind of good. So there's at least that. And it looks like a documentary about Nasubi's experience will be coming out on Hulu in a few months. So keep an eye out for that, because I'm definitely interested to see what other details have been unearthed since then. But that's his story. Such an unbelievable one. And I know I've said it so many times, but people loved this show. Like, even today, people, I've seen people post about the fact that they wish they could re-watch it. And it was highly entertaining for them. Which, I mean, makes sense. That's what a good reality TV show does, is they take hours upon hours of content and they edit it down to be the most exciting parts. So really, just the editors and producers did a very good job as far as the audience was concerned, but it doesn't take the unethical part out of it because they tortured him. They they put him in a room and technically didn't keep him against his will, but it kind of felt that way. And they deprived him of human connection and food and hygiene and he suffered because of it for 15 months. It's just, it's crazy. It's crazy to me that anyone got away with this and not only got away with it, but I mean, really made a lot of money from it and did very well because of it. But all that to be said, I am very glad to hear that he is doing well now and is able to kind of use that experience to better his life and to have a more positive outlook and you know, continue to live his life in the best way he possibly can. But yeah, if you guys are interested in potentially hearing about more unethical reality television shows, I find this extremely interesting. And I've found a couple other ones that were definitely shocking as well. So maybe we can have another episode like this in the future. But anyway, that's all I really have to say about that for now, at least. Why don't we have a bit of a palate cleanser and I'll tell you something good. My good thing is that I got a tattoo today, and I'm very excited about it. I've been wanting this tattoo for a long time. Sorry, mom. I got an olive branch on my inner arm, and I just love tattoos so much. I think they're so beautiful, and I, I love watching shows like Ink Master. I find it to be such a cool, beautiful art form, and I don't necessarily want to cover my body in tattoos, but I love them, so I'm very happy to have this tattoo. It's meaningful to me. And yeah, like I said, I've been wanting it for a really long time and I think it looks great. So shout out to my tattoo artist. <laughs> but anyway, thank you all so much for listening. If you would like to hear a bunch of bonus content and, and also vote on stories you want to hear, head over to patreon.com slash nottodaypodcast. Our patrons keep the lights on. So thank you guys. You're literally the best. If you would like to look at pictures we post of all the stories we talk about, check us out on Instagram at nottoday underscore podcast. Get your merch while it's hot at nottodaypodcast.myshopify.com. If you or anyone you know has a story of survival or something crazy that's happened to you and you'd like to share it with us and possibly hear it on an upcoming listeners episode, send it to knowtodaypodcast at gmail.com. We have a TikTok that is Not Today Podcast and a Twitter that is Not Today Podcast, but the T on the end of podcast is a three because that makes sense. And just keep breathing. Yeah. Yeah.